Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to another groundbreaking episode of Superhumanize, the podcast that empowers you to optimize mentally, physically, and spiritually. Today, we're diving into a subject that's the foundation of every form of success and well-being, radical self-love. Now, if you're thinking that self-love is a soft or frivolous topic, prepare to have your mind radically expanded. Our guest is Gala Darling, a best-selling author, speaker, and a professional optimist who has been endorsed by icons like Oprah and featured in Vogue. She's not just about feeling good. She's about transforming lives, breaking barriers, and manifesting dreams. From overcoming depression and an eating disorder through EFT tapping to empowering thousands through her books and communities, Gala is a living example of the sensational life you can create when you dare to love yourself unabashedly. So if you're ready to nurture your true self, unleash your magnetic mindset, and create a sensational life that goes beyond your wildest imaginations, join us as we journey through the universe of self-love vibrant energy, and boundless possibilities. Let's superhumanize. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Gala, welcome to the Superhumanized Podcast. It is such a pleasure to connect with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I have been so excited to talk about you because you stand for something that is so needed for every individual and also for the human family, and that is radical self-love. You yourself have been on quite a journey. You pulled yourself out of quite some depths of um, despair, and you are living a life that is just so magnetic and so inspiring. You're just one of these um, places online, what you put forth, where one can't help. But after reading what you offer, I end up with a big smile on my face and my heart. And so I'd love to start this conversation with the following question, Gala. What, in your opinion, is the most misunderstood aspect of self-love? The most misunderstood aspect of self-love is that it's just about being kind to yourself and taking a bubble bath and meditating. I actually think that self-love is really about keeping the promises you make to yourself because when you are able to set yourself a goal or a vision and then follow through on that thing, that's really what is going to make you feel good about yourself is holding on to those promises and those commitments. And I really think that self-love is so much about doing hard things 
and choosing to do those hard things every day. And I talk a lot about how feeling good is your job. And I really believe that. So my belief is that in order to have a life where there's momentum and positive things are happening, we need to get ourselves into a good feeling place first and then act. But feeling good is your job doesn't just mean that you do what feels good to you in the moment. Sometimes it means, and in fact, often it means you do something that's going to make you feel good about yourself in five days, five months, five years. So it's really about taking a more expansive view of what choices and decisions we need to make today in order to feel good about ourselves in the future. So I love this approach because it's a sustainable approach. It's not about instant gratification, which I feel we've truly been conditioned in our culture. Pop a pill, eat something that makes you feel good in the moment, but actually makes you feel miserable and your body feel miserable in the long term, especially if you do it over and over again. So something I'd like to learn from you is the following. So this feeling good, also in a sustainable way, such as you have described, how can somebody go about that who is really feeling rock bottom and even moving through their daily lives feels like every step they take, they're walking through uh, through a swamp, for lack of a better description, because they might be so mired down by depression or just by dissatisfaction with their life. What's mm -hmm. a good way to start? I think a really good thing to start with is to look at what's in your life right now that's not working for you. And I would venture a guess to say that if you're unhappy and you're drinking alcohol, you should probably cut that. If you're unhappy and you're spending a lot of time on your phone or looking at a screen, watching Netflix, whatever, you should probably cut that. And I think really a lot of it is pairing things back, not doing what everyone else is doing. Because if you look at most people, they're not living a happy life. They're not optimized. They're not joyful. And so pulling away from some of those things is going to be great. And just asking yourself, what would make me feel 2% better in this moment. And it could be something as simple as I'm going to walk to a coffee shop to get my coffee in the morning rather than I'm going to sit at home or I'm going to put on some music or a podcast that inspires me rather than I'm going to read the news and scroll Instagram. Like these little trades that we make really have a cumulative effect that make our lives so much more positive. And I think it's so important. Really, I'm really on this thing right now about just being very mindful about how I'm using social media. And I haven't posted on stories in maybe four days. And it's amazing how just after four days, my interest in looking at my Instagram app has dropped so radically. And has given me so much more space in my brain to have my own original thoughts and my own creativity rather than being in response to everybody else. Like I think a lot of people are struggling because they are comparing themselves to what they're seeing on the screen. And even they may feel disconnected from their best friends because their best friends are posting their highlight reel. And that's not really what's going on in anyone's life. Everyone's life has challenges. There's hard shit. But when you're just looking at this like glossy stuff, it's really easy to feel like you don't measure up. You don't compare. I think, thank you for sharing this, Gala. I think you touched upon two crucial points. I very much like what you said about 
what could make me feel 2% better? Because oftentimes creating sustainable change is not about doing something that you can't keep up in the long term, but doing little things and doing them over and over again. And every day doing a small thing. Again, Mm -hmm. these incremental changes will amount to a huge change. If you look over the course of weeks, months, or even a year, And also what you said about comparing oneself to others on social media, it's not, it doesn't bring us into alignment with ourselves. I think to take time out and to really listen to that inner voice that speaks when we eliminate all the distractions and hear what it is saying about what is our why, what is our purpose, what would really make us happy and not just to keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians. (laughs) Yeah. It's so important. You have something that you talk about, because I just mentioned alignment. In your book, Magnetic Mindset, you actually focus on a vibrational alignment. Could you explain this concept and maybe also offer some practical tips around this? Yeah. So your vibration is really about the way that you are acting within the world, the way that you are interacting with other people, the energy that you bring into a room. And this. We know this inherently. We can say, oh, this gives me like bad vibes or this person makes me feel really good. That's just a reflection of the energy that they're bringing. And so when we want to live a life where good things are happening to us and we feel positive and we feel happy, then we can't walk around with our head like a big storm cloud expecting all these positive experiences to come to us. And so much of this is just You notice this if you go to a store and you're in a bad mood and you're not really making any conversation with anyone, you have your head down, you don't look at them. They're not going to be like, hey, do you want a free scone today? That's never going to happen. So it's really important that we get ourselves into a place where we're feeling at least slightly positive. And this is not to say that we have to ignore our feelings. I'm very big on acknowledging how we're feeling and letting ourselves feel them and not pressuring ourselves to feel a different way. But just knowing that when we're feeling that way, we're not going to get the best out of life. And I think that's just a realistic take to have. So what I've noticed is that when we deny those negative feelings, when we're feeling sad or cranky or whatever, and we're pressuring ourselves to feel differently, firstly, it doesn't work. And secondly, that negative feeling just stays around for the longest time. And so really what I've noticed is that when we can accept that we're feeling cranky, when we can just admit it to ourselves, it's actually much more likely to dissipate quickly than when we're pretending it's not there and we're trying to force ourselves to feel good. So interestingly, one of the best ways to get ourselves into a positive alignment is to accept that we're in a negative alignment or accept that we're just not feeling that good right now. And then we can go on and do the work to start to feel better. Sometimes I just feel like if we're like, I feel tired, I'm going to let myself sleep an extra half hour today or whatever. And crucially, I'm not going to feel guilt about it. I'm not going to shame myself for it. I'm not going to make it mean something about myself. Like I'm a bad person or I'm lazy or whatever we're telling ourselves, when we can let go of that, then we can move through things so much faster. And something that I teach, my favorite healing modality is tapping, also known as emotional freedom technique. And the magic phrase in tapping is, even though, whatever the circumstance, I deeply and completely love and accept and forgive myself. 
And when you can accept and love and forgive where you are, then everything shifts so quickly. So a lot of this about is about really releasing the tension we feel around feeling not so great. And then when we can release that tension, let off that pressure valve, we have so much more room to gain momentum and feel good and move on with our lives. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've heard about tapping. I have practiced it a few times. I found it really fascinating, especially under the guidance of somebody who's an expert in it how quickly certain emotions that we also label as negative dissipate. I would like to, you have a whole arsenal of tools that are very helpful. And I'd like, I'm curious, how about yourself? How do you, now that you're at this stage of your life and you've manifested an incredible life, you're putting forth incredible offerings, how do you manage setbacks or challenges? I suppose it depends on the setback or the challenge. I'm very, I would say I'm very strong in my visions of what I'm wanting to call in and what I'm wanting to create. So sometimes I will hold on doggedly to that vision and then work my way through it. But sometimes things don't necessarily work out the way you want them to. So for example, A while ago, I was in a relationship that was very important to me and we had challenges in that relationship. So my vision was like, okay, I want to be with this person. So what can I do on my end to make that thing work? So I started doing hypnosis every week. I started doing breath work. I started microdosing. I was doing all this stuff to help me work through those things within the relationship. And ultimately what happened wasn't that the relationship succeeded, but that I gained the emotional and relational abilities that I needed to be fully operational in my next situation. So my, what I I suppose my answer is what I do when I'm faced with a setback is I arm myself with information. I work to embody those new skills, talents, mindsets, whatever. And then I take that with me into the next thing. And so often we feel like we're failing because the thing that we want, that we're applying our skills to, they're not a match. But that doesn't mean that the work that you did was pointless or useless. I'm sure it's very useful, but it just needs to be applied to the right thing. And I think this happens in business or health or various exercise or whatever. Those things we're working really hard on. We're like, fuck, I'm not making any progress here. You actually will make progress if you apply it to the right thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that we need to keep in mind. I really believe that when you invest in yourself, you always win. And maybe it just doesn't, It's maybe it's not going to look the way that you thought it was going to look, but it's still going to end up being a win. Mm -hmm. And, And what I'm hearing right now, Gala, is also that it's really important to be able to let go something that doesn't serve us, whether it's a business, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship and to not hold on, to not keep, let's say like feeding the slot machine, even though you just keep losing. And so you just keep putting more into that. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes that's really hard when the vision you have is very beautiful or very compelling and all of those things. And I think we've all experienced that in our lives. But when we do let go, 
there is so much space for something beautiful to rush in. And I've always said, and I deeply believe this, that the universe has a much better imagination than you do. And so it's when you finally let go of that thing, the relationship, the business, the offer, the whatever, habit even, that something beautiful will come in. But it cannot come in when you are fixated on something else. And not just that you're obsessed with this other thing, but that you're in this place of focusing on what's wrong with that thing. And when we're focused on why it's not working and how do I fix this and the scarcity rather than the possibilities that are available to us, we really get ourselves trapped in a little rabbit hole spiral when all we're thinking about is how do I solve this problem? Hmm. Oh, that makes so much sense, Gala. And I certainly have experienced this in my own life and some very dear friends come to mind right now who I am going to send the link to this interview and particularly with regards to this part of our conversation. Something else that you say is love can only multiply. Mm. So can we talk a little bit about this principle and especially how we can apply it in relationships, whether romantic or platonic? Absolutely. I think that people experience this a lot when they, maybe they adopt a pet or they have a child or even they have a second child where we think that the amount of love that we have to give is somehow limited or finite. And what I've experienced is that it's something that can always grow and always be bigger. And especially when we are focused on what's good about something, the capacity of the heart to feel more and more is always bigger. And yeah, I think even in my relationship adventures, I've experimented with being in like polyamorous relationships. And while that wasn't a fit for me, what I realized from that was that having another partner actually made me an even better partner to the other people I was seeing because they were able to fill my emotional tank in such a way that I just was in this place of overflow. So I really think there's no limit to how much you can love and how much you can show that. There's always more capacity there. Absolutely agreed. And I personally also think it's really interesting to look at how, in, with regards to uh, polyamorous relationships or open relationships or all the different forms of uh, flavors of uh, consensual non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting how especially younger generations, people who are 19 or 20, they are experimenting with what type of relationship, whether monogamous or polyamorous mm -hmm. or something in between, is good for them. Yeah. And they're not as influenced by this paradigm that has been served up to us as this is the only way <laughs> that you're allowed to love, yeah. uh, which comes from this also scarcity mindset and fear mindset. Yeah, uh, Absolutely for people defining themselves, how they want to love, how many they want to love. And as long as it's in alignment and integrity with themselves and it's integrous with everyone who's participating, whether that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I don't care how many people, I think that's a wonderful thing. And the analogy that comes to mind is also children. You don't love a child less because you have two, three, four other children. Yeah. yeah. 
I think anything where, you know, we have the opportunity to experiment with things is a positive because by the time you get to the end of that experiment, you've learned so much about yourself and so much about the world. And that emboldens you and gives you the confidence to make future decisions with a lot of information. And sometimes if you don't take the time to experiment, you do end up in a life where you're just doing what you were told you should do. And it's very easy to be 35, 45, 55 and realize I didn't actively choose any of this. None of this was intentional. I was just doing what I was told to do. And that's when you get to that place where your life just doesn't feel like you're on. So I think the more experimentation you can do, the more you're going to know yourself and the more confidence you're going to have in the choices you make. Absolutely, Gala. I'm a big believer in this too. I do not believe that there's one prescription that fits all, no matter what it concerns in life. Now, perhaps you and I have had some thoughts or experiences that, and, and also been living in an environment that has allowed us to move beyond what is considered normal in different aspects of life. Um, how about people who may have not yet been able to move out of that prescribed comfort zone or this these are the shoulds? How can mm. individuals overcome societal expectations and judgments to live life from their heart? I think a lot of it is really influenced by who's around you. And if you grew up in a very religious society or a society that's very strong on tradition, then it's going to be very hard for you to break out of those shackles because everyone around you is telling you one story. And so you may not be in a situation where you can leave that city or leave your family home right now. And if that's the case, then this is where you can use social media to influence you positively and to follow people that are doing things that are different and who are really living a life in which they're unconcerned with other people's opinions. And something that can be really helpful to, to do is to create a board of directors in your mind, like a little internal council. And you can pick people that you really like or look up to or respect. Like on my board of directors, we have RuPaul, Abraham Hicks, Tony Robbins, and Louise Hay. That's my board of directors in my mind. And really, when I'm making choices, all I have to think about is how would these people deal with this or what would they think about this? And that's really the only thing that matters. And of course, there are some people in my life that I do care about their opinion, but there are very few and far between. And something I've learned from being on the internet for a very long time is that everyone's got an opinion about who you are and how you operate and what you should do and how you should have handled things. And the truth is that they are not living your life. They will not be at your funeral. And so if you look at the lives they are living, do you really want to take their advice? Like, I don't. And I think that's such a good litmus test. Like this advice I'm getting from this person, do I want to live the kind of life that they're living? And most of the time, the answer is going to be no. And so you can feel free to disregard it. And there's mm. so much freedom in that. There really is so much freedom because you realize that you are the only person making choices for you. And sometimes we feel like we're not really in control of our lives or we feel that we have to please other people, whatever. And ultimately, you really don't have to. And when you realize that, it's simultaneously terrifying because you realize you are truly responsible for yourself. And it's also extremely liberating. And you realize that 
you're the only person blocking the future that you really desire. Mm. Brilliant, Gala. Thank you for this insight. And <laughs> I can relate. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And it's been terrifying, especially in the beginning, to move out of that known comfort quote zone of yeah. making sure everybody else is okay, making sure nobody gets upset and just not really taking care of yourself. So it's been really, if I look back, I'm actually really proud of myself to where I've come because if you're conditioned to be a people pleaser ever since you were little and you've been doing it for decades, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. I also love to get inspired by the incredible women, the incredible friendships, also men that I have around me. And just one came to mind because we talked about different types of relationships. So a girlfriend of mine, she's incredible. She's a self-made entrepreneur. She's very Christian. She has her Christian community. She is also, she has found that the types of relationships that work best for her are open relationships. And she is completely open about this to the dismay of her <laughs> Christian community and but and they will pray for her. And, but she's just, this is me. So love me or leave me. So I, I have such huge respect for people who forge their own paths, especially yeah. within communities where it's not easy. And I love what you shared about the board of directors. That's something I will absolutely implement. What a brilliant and beautiful thing. And in the end, it's all about surrounding yourself with a community that can also uplift you and that sees you and that doesn't judge you, but that celebrates you. And talking about communi community, I would like to have you tell us more about the Vortex. What inspired you to create this community? And also what transformations have you witnessed amongst the members? It's really interesting because we had the Vortex for about three or four years and we closed it down this year. This was the last year of the Vortex. And I created it in 2019. And the vision was to have a space where you could just go and be inspired and there would be lessons and classes and things like that. But ultimately, what I found over the three, four years that it existed was that people are really looking for a specific transformation. And there are many different tools that you can use for transformation. But my gift and my, I think my biggest contribution to the world is through tapping. And so what we do now, and we've had this for a very long time, I think I've been doing this for five or so years. We have a community called High Vibe Honey, where we gather every Sunday morning for tapping. And there's 300 people on a Zoom call and we all tap together. And for me, that has been so much more powerful because when I get on a call with people and we, we go for half an hour, I can see their faces in the beginning and they just got out of bed and they're whatever living their life. And by the time we're done with this tapping session, their faces have completely changed. They have gone through a huge transformation and they're feeling so good by the time we're done. And that's really where I want to be focusing my time these days. It's not on just creating content for content's sake or making videos just to make videos. I know what my strengths are and I really want to focus on those massively. So High Vibe Honey is where we're putting that energy now. But this Poster behind me. I don't know if you can see what it says. It says, the Vortex changed my life. It's back to front in my mm -hmm. camera. But, and this was at our final Vortex Fest. And a bunch of the members signed this poster and gave it to me on stage. And I bawled my eyes out. 
it was one of those things that was beautiful for a time and then the time on it ran out. And I think so often we feel that in order for something to be successful, it has to last forever, whether it's a project or a relationship or anything. But I don't think that's the case. Like something can last for a certain period of time and then it's time is done. And I think it's beautiful to know when it's right to close a chapter and move on to the next one, which is just like we were saying earlier about knowing when to let go gives this huge opening. There's this huge space for something better to rush in. Absolutely. And can you take us through what goes on during a, when you commune on Zoom yeah. via High Vibe Honey? So how yeah. does this process unfold? So basically I choose a topic every week, whether that's feeling more confident or trusting your intuition or letting go of what people think about you. And we get on the call at 10 o'clock and I set it up and I introduce what we're going to talk about. And I'll ask people to contribute maybe what comes to mind when we talk about this subject or a place that they would like to apply this in their own life. And then I lead them through a tapping session. So we start by tapping here on the side of the hand and I talk through all of the elements of this thing and I get them really focused on working through this issue. And then we do our full tapping where we start on the top of the head and we work through all the points and we probably tap for 10 or 15 minutes. And then everybody takes a nice deep breath at the end and we drink a lot of water and we talk about how are we feeling now? And I always ask them to take what they've just worked on and implement that in their day. So if it's about trusting their intuition or if it's about really being in their body or whatever, I ask them, how are you going to do this today? What is that going to look like for you? So there's this sense of community and accountability and we're able to work on things together. And tapping is such an amazing technique for really taking like a broom to your subconscious and just cleaning out the stuff that has accumulated over the week, whether it's fears or insecurities or anxieties or worries, and just giving yourself a good deep cleaning so that you can start the new week feeling positive and capable. Can you tell for those in the audience who are not familiar with tapping, can yeah. you let them know how this works, why this works, what's happening in the body, the conscious and the subconscious? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with tapping, we really describe it as acupuncture without needles. So we're using the same energy systems as Chinese medicine, which have been around for thousands of years. And instead of using needles, we're just using our fingers on our hand to stimulate these points. You're tapping like this, not with a lot of pressure, just enough to tap the point and open it up. And at the same time, you're talking about whatever is a challenge for you, whatever feels difficult. And you're also moving through a sequence where you're talking about how this thing is difficult. You're affirming that you love and accept and forgive yourself, even though this thing is difficult. And then you're really pointing yourself in a new direction. So it might be, even though I feel anxiety around this situation, I'm willing to let go of that anxiety. I'm willing to walk into this room feeling so confident. I'm willing to walk into this room knowing who I am and knowing what I have to offer and speaking boldly or whatever it is. And as you're tapping on these points, you are giving this signal to your amygdala that your body is safe. And so usually when you're in fear or anxiety and you're just doing affirmations, for example, 
it's almost like the the gates on your brain are closed. Like that, those words aren't really getting in because your fear is so loud that you, the words can't come through. With tapping, the actual tapping system helps you to open up the mind. It brings down the stress response in the amygdala by like at least 30%. And once that happens, these words can actually get in. And you really are reprogramming your brain when you do this. So it's an amazing modality. It started in the early 90s and it was developed to help veterans who had PTSD. And it was so effective at helping them that the people who created it were like, we should try this on all kinds of things. And now there is a lot of like study and research going on around what happens in the brain. And the studies are really incredible. There's a, a woman on Instagram called Dr. Peter Stapleton. She's in Australia and she's like the preeminent tapping academic. She's always doing studies. She does studies around how tapping can help with eyesight and cravings and all kinds of things. So she's an amazing person to follow for the really scientific nitty gritty of this technique. Peter, and, Dr. Peter Stapleton. Dr. Peter Stapleton. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, she's incredible. But my specialty, like I've been tapping since 2006. I learned it from a video on YouTube way back in the day. And my specialty is in using what I know about human psychology, but also using my intuition to really feel what people are feeling and help them move through whatever emotions are coming up in a way that's but fun, loving, humorous, so that the process of moving through something painful can actually be enjoyable. Because I believe that if you're wanting to work on something if it's hard and painful, you're not going to want to do it. It's going to be awful. You're not going to be enthusiastic to come back to it. And the fact that we've been doing High Vibe Honey for so many years, we have so many members that come back every week is really testament to the fact that this works and it feels good enough that people want to come back and do it again. And so for those who uh, would like to explore this, can they just try it once or do they need to sign up? Is it a monthly membership? It's a monthly membership and the link is highvibehoney.com. But if you're like, I don't even know what this tapping thing is. I don't know. You can go to my YouTube channel. I have hundreds of tapping sessions there so you can try them out and just see if you like them. And that's a really great place to get your feet wet and just figure it out. Excellent. Thank you, Gala. You're welcome. Like, something about you, you have been extremely successful with your message and, and what you put forth. You've been endorsed by Oprah, by her book club. You've been featured in Vogue. Your books have been translated into multiple languages, and which indicates universal appeal. Why do you think that in our times, this message of self-love resonates globally? Oh, there's so many things. There's this epidemic of loneliness and people are so separated from one another. And even, you know, I was talking to a lawyer yesterday about how no one goes into the office. People are spending so much time by themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you're spending a lot of time by yourself and you don't like who you are, that is going to be such a miserable experience. And I think one of the best gifts you can give yourself is learning to enjoy your own company and learning to enjoy discovering who you are. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then you can take what you know and you can help other people do the same. And I really believe that radical self-love is something that starts with you, but ideally should spread around to the people that you know and care about. 
And so you can encourage people to be more self-aware. You can encourage people to start journaling, tapping, regulating their own emotions, being curious about why did this experience make you feel this way? What's going on under the surface? So that we're not just a slave to our old conditioning, our old patterning, and we can really start to choose beliefs, choose actions, and choose a life that actually feels good to us. Yes. And that to me sounds like freedom. Yes. So is that also your personal definition? Is that how you define freedom? Yeah, it is. Freedom is being able to choose your own beliefs and to intentionally engineer a life that works for you. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my life, which is very stress-free, the reason for that is I've made choices that work with who I am. Like I don't like commuting, so I don't commute. Like all these little teeny tiny things add to making my life so much more joyful. And we all have the ability to do that. But most of us have just been told that you have to do things this way. You have to do it that way. This is the way to security and safety. And I don't really believe there is any security or safety. So when you throw that idea out the window, then it becomes about what's going to feel good to me. And following that really lights your life up in a completely new way. Absolutely. And I think something that's really important in order to find out what is freedom for you, what is this vessel freedom, what you want to pour into that, is being able to discern between means goals and end goals, where end goals are these beautiful things. You want to travel the world. You want to spend your life with that special someone. You want to learn a language. And means goals are, let's say, money. Money is not an end goal. It's a means to something or things that we've been told by society, like you need to get, you need to be studying at this school and getting this degree. This is the type of person you should be with. Uh, you need to get the house with a white picket fence. So these are all means goals. So to find out what actually the end goals for you yourself are, mm-hmm. and then step into that, lean into that and devise an action plan on how you could actually get there, that can lead to a free life, to a beautiful life. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that when you're doing that, it's so beautiful to have that vision. But the real juice of life, I believe, is in can I enjoy every step towards this end goal? So for me, when I wrote my first book and it appeared at Barnes and Noble, I actually didn't feel excited. And I thought, oh my God, I've wasted all this time doing this. It doesn't feel like anything. But the reality of it is that the end was actually not the best part of it for me. The best part of it for me was sitting down, writing it, getting my thoughts in order, and even sharing it with my audience and getting their feedback, hearing from them how this book changed their life, hearing from them that it's full of highlighter marks and it's like they've folded the corners over and they always have it in their bag or they gave it to their best friend. That's the part that's really juicy to me. With all of these goals that we have, can you enjoy the process of getting there? Because getting there is usually a 30 second moment, but getting there could take 20 years So can you enjoy getting there? And if you can, man, that changes your life. Mm, So true. Thank you for this wisdom, Gala. And about you, 
finally, what is next for Gala Darling? And are there any upcoming projects or new directions that we should be aware about? That's such a good question. I am actually in this really amazing place. Like I said, when you close a door, like we close the door to the vortex and I now I'm in this gelatinous bubble where I'm just figuring out what I want to do next, but doing it in a way where I don't feel any pressure. I don't feel any stress. I'm just enjoying my life. And I know that the next thing that comes along will be perfect and there's no rush. So I'm in a creative bubble and it's lovely. It feels really good. That's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. And for those who would like to find you online, join your community, learn about you, Gala, how can they do so? I'm galadarling.com and I'm at galadarling on Instagram and YouTube and threads. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. I make sure to put all of this in the show notes. It's been such a delight to talk to you today, Thank Gala. You. Thank you for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. For those of you who want to do a deeper dive and start optimizing mentally, physically, and spiritually, head over to my newsletter to superhumanize.com slash newsletter and sign up. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Evolution. 